in Acts chapter 4, verse 20, you know, the disciples were, were taken into a religious ruling council because of a miracle that had been done in a man's life. A man that was lame from birth, that was begging at, at the temple gate. And um, the disciples walked up there and, and just they spoke a, uh, a healing word into his life. And the man was raised up. And if you're familiar with the book of Acts there in chapter 3, you know what happened. He went into the, the temple area jumping and leaping and praising God. And, um, and it was a reason to get excited, but the religious people didn't like it because it disrupted things. And listen, when God shows up, He always shows off, amen? And He, sh- he shows out. And, and that's, what, that's really the heart of God for, for us here and, and the life of all of His people, is that we, we can't contain in these earthen vessels everything that He is and all that He does. Thank you, um, sweetheart. And by the way, those of you that are listening, <clears throat> that was my wife that I was actually... Um, even though there was a transference, I, I probably need to, you know, anybody that's listening, it wasn't Pastor Wayne that I was saying sweetheart to, even though my wife passed it to him, um, it was my wife. Pastor Wayne is sweet to me, amen? Is he sweet to you? And he's always on my heart, amen, come on, come on. So, but he's not my sweetheart. <clears throat> anyway, I do love you, Pastor Wayne. I'm going to take a drink of water, and we're going to let this moment pass. If you could give me some help in getting my foot out of my mouth, I'm going to move this, and maybe I'll distract you from what I just went through. Acts chapter 4, verse 20, the disciples said to the religious ruling council, they said, you know, we can't help but speak of the things we've seen and heard. That's why we're here today. Because we're going to speak about the things that we've seen and heard in Jesus Christ in and through our lives. Amen? And what He's doing here in in this great community. Revival has already started here. Amen? Amen? Sometimes, you know, things of God start very, very small. And it may seem insignificant. And it may be that the mass community really is not seeing what God is doing. But God is doing a great work here. And it will be magnified and multiplied in and through our lives as we're just obedient to the Holy Spirit. As we just go and do the things that God has laid on our heart. You cannot fail. You cannot fail. I've never seen where God has failed. That's what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. You can write all these addresses down or you can listen to the tape later. I'm going to give you addresses for everything that I quote out of Scripture. But that's what it says in Romans eight thirty-one that if God is for you, who could be against you? Amen? And if you have Jesus Christ, God is for you. All of heaven leans into your life. Did you know that? All of heaven. And it's God's targeted assignment for you and me every day to live victoriously in Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean that we don't have hardships and difficulties and things like that. But through everything, we have the victory, it says in 1 Corinthians 15.57. God gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it says that God leads us in triumph. Amen? Amen? How many of you know that Jesus already fought the fight and won? Amen? Amen? And then He invites us by His grace to come in and fight with Him. Amen? Amen. Victoriously, triumphantly, in and through Him. Amen. How many of you know that this morning? Yes. If you don't, by the end of the service, you will. Amen? Amen? 
I want to talk to you this morning about living by promise. Living by promise, and, and more than that, living by promises. And I'm going to be uh, quoting a lot out of um, an account given in Mark chapter 4. So if you want to make your way over there. But I'm going to share some principles with, with you. Living by promises. God declares in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, and many of you, you know this verse. God says, this is what He says to you and to me. He says, for I know the plans that I have for you. Another translation says thoughts. For I know the plans or the thoughts that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants to prosper you. Amen. And not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Amen? Doesn't that sound good? That's the overarching desire of God's heart is to bless our lives so that we can, we can be a blessing to the people in and around us. Amen? And that's what flows from God's heart is that He wants to bless us with His plans and He wants to bless us with His promises, His words spoken into our lives so that we can go and be effective for His glory, praise, and honor. Amen? Let me, let me share this with you that with that thought and idea is God has stepped into your future. He's the only one that can do that. You may think you know what you want to do tomorrow and it's good to have plans, amen? But God has stepped into your future, not just tomorrow, but your next week and your next month and your next year and on and on and on. And He has seen where He wants you to be. Amen? And He's called you to that and then He's come back to you and me with a word that is necessary to get us there. Isn't that good? That's about His promises. That's why we have His Word. Amen? We need His Word. We should know His Word. Amen? Life is, life is tough enough, but can you imagine going through it without really knowing how we're supposed to live and, and the people that we're supposed to be in this time and in this world that we're in? It doesn't uh, take anybody very long to know that probably our nation is, is experiencing tremendous difficulties right now. It doesn't matter which side of the political uh, scene that you fall on. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just being the people in this time, in this day, in this hour, in this week, in this month, in this year, amen, that can be victorious in our life through Jesus Christ and go out and make a difference in other people's lives, amen? I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about concepts and ideas Uh, doctrines or points of theology that we would park in our mind and say, oh, isn't that good? I'm talking about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We sang about, you know, Jesus, Yeshua, Messiah um, being wonderful. Amen? But He is wonderful. He is Counselor. He is Mighty God. He is Everlasting Father. He is Prince of Peace. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Amen? He is the present Lord. He is our Healer. He is our Comforter. He is our all in all. Amen? Amen. He has plans for everyone in here. You don't have to wait till you're 30, 35, 40 years old to, to come to the knowledge of those plans and begin to walk those out in victory in Jesus Christ. They, they can begin right now. If you say yes to Jesus, yes to Jesus, then He begins to work that miracle in and through your life. Let me, let me say this church that You know, before we're going to declare it out there, it has to be declared in here in my heart, in your heart. 
before it's revealed out there, He wants to reveal Himself in here, in my life, and in your life, in my heart and your heart. And before He is established out there, He wants to be established in my heart and your heart. Amen? That's why we're here today. Because listen, if He's established in you, He'll be established out there. If He's established in you, He'll be established in your family. Amen? It's just a matter of time. Amen? If He's revealed in you, He'll be revealed out there. He'll be revealed in your family. He'll be revealed at your place of employment, your place of ministry. Amen? He'll be revealed at the grocery store and you're coming in and going out. If He's declared in my life and He's declared in your life and we understand that declaration, He'll be declared out there. Praise God. Isn't that good? God wants to live in and through your life and He wants to live loud and He wants to live out there. Amen? Listen, some, something that is so, so precious and so dear, we, we, we can't help, again, what the disciples said in Acts 4.20, we can't help but speak about it, the things that we've seen and heard. We can't help but tell others about it. We can't help but be obedient to the Lord and, and go and plant a church in the midst of a place that, that needs to hear the Word of God, that needs to experience the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that needs to come into a place and experience vibrant worship. Because God is looking for worshipers. Worshipers who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen? God's not looking just for worship. He's not looking for a moment or a visitation among His people. He's looking for a place of habitation in the midst of His people. To come and and set up residence in our lives. Amen? How many of you are with me? I want to ask you this morning, do you have your voice in the Lord? If, are you still a little bit timid about sharing your faith? Are you still a little bit timid about applauding and, and celebrating openly the Lord Jesus Christ? What's that struggle that's going on? We're going to set it in the light of His Word this morning. You're going to walk out of here this morning understanding some things. Maybe you didn't quite understand, but you're going to walk out of here victorious In Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. 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 You know, when you woke up this morning, God was in a good mood. Just let that that soak into your being. God's not mad at you. He's not frustrated. He knows exactly what's going on in my life and He knows exactly what's going on in your life. He knows every detail. He hasn't missed one thing. And let me tell you something, God is smiling at you right now. God is in a good mood this morning. If you've never heard that, then you've probably heard some religion. You've probably heard somebody's opinion about God that He's mean and He's mad and He's he's looking to punish you. No, He's a God of love. He can't love you anymore because Jesus Christ went to the cross and paid the penalty for all of our sins. Past, present, and future. And listen, He refuses to love you any less. If you hang around me and my wife, you're going to hear that almost as a constant theme. But I don't think we can, we can say it enough and, and live it enough. And I think, if you, if, if you think about this church, we really haven't always done a good job of, of demonstrating to the world the heart of the Father. 
Sometimes we've presented a God that's harsh, that's critical, that has designed certain things to come against us, to teach us humility. No, Scripture says, humble yourself in the sight of God and He'll lift you up. So we're going to look at things from God's perspective, from His Word, because that's the most important thing. It's not the opinions on the street, it's, it's the mind of God towards us. Amen? Amen? That makes all the difference in the world. And that's what sets us apart. Not that we're better than anybody, amen? But we've got something to say, we've got something to show a world that is dying. Amen? amen. Are you with me? Are you ready to go on this journey, this trip? Amen? How much time do I have, by the way? Hallelujah. Yeah, see, that's faith. Amen? That's faith at work. Now, some of you might need to increase your faith because when he said that, you were like, wait a minute. (laughs) Faith is being sure of what we hope for. Amen? The evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1, by the way. Oh, Y'all are a lot of fun. Not that the Tucson church isn't a lot of fun either, but I just, I, we love coming out here and, and just being a part of, of what God is doing. Um, how many of you were here from the very beginning? Just lift your hand up high. Wow, praise God. How many of you have come in the last two years? Amen. Are you glad to be here? Um, we're going to put you on the spot this morning. <laughs> how many of you have been here uh, a year? At least a year. Okay. How many of you, this is your first time? Wow. Well, praise God. Amen. Welcome. You're, um, you know, you're not a visitor. You're an honored guest in this house. And we want you to know that we love you and and God loves you. So at the end of this service, you're going to know. We're going to, we're going to embrace you with our love and His love. And we're not going to put you on the spot. We're not going to make you stand and at least not today and give your testimony or anything like that. (laughs) But we want, to, we want you to know that you're, you're called. God is, God is calling you right now. God is calling you right where you're at. And a loving God will meet you where you're at. He doesn't, he doesn't call you from a distance. He meets you right where you're at. But He won't leave you where you are. Amen? In Jeremiah 29.14, right after 29.11 there, this is what the Lord says. He says, I will be found by you. I wasn't going to share this, but I think it's a good opportunity. You know, when my, my children, they're all grown now, and I, we have grandchildren now, praise God. How many of you have grandchildren? Amen. Oh, okay, you're, just, you're going to be able to connect with this. When our children were young, I, I loved to play hide and seek, you know? And I would chase them, and they would scream, and the grandchildren do that now. And, and uh, my granddaughter, McKenna, she says, Papa, um, scare me, scare me. Yeah, scare me. But she's so, she's, so, she's so little, she loves for me to growl at her and chase her, and then, then I'll turn and, and she'll chase me, and, and my grandson too, and my, my children were the same way. But you know what? I could outrun them. But I, but I choose not to. How many of you can connect with that? Amen? Now, there's sometimes I do, because they, they'll wear me out, especially the grandkids. But I want to be caught. I want to be caught. I want them to embrace me. And that's the way our Heavenly Father is. 
He said, I will be found by you. I will be caught by you. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. I'm going to position myself, not far away, immediate, personal, right in your midst, so that you can embrace me and experience all that I am, all my love, all my affection, all my grace, all my power. You will live victoriously. Amen? You're already experiencing it right now. Amen? Young people are going to be challenged and changed by Christ in you, the hope of glory. Are you ready for that? (laughs) Not quite. Because you know what? We're not called to be the Kiwanis Club. We're not called to plan or do or, or, or pray about anything that we can do in our strength. If we will not celebrate the things that we can do in our strength. We're always to be stretched and, and, and put in a place where we have to depend upon God because if God doesn't show up, we fail. Amen? So we celebrate the things, as Paul said in Romans 15, 18, we, we celebrate the things that we couldn't have done any other way except by Christ through us. Amen? Hallelujah. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. I know it took us a while to get there. But that's all part of the message. Amen? Jesus has been teaching and now it comes to a place where He says, let us cross over to the other side. He's speaking to His disciples and He says this, let us cross over to the other side. He's speaking specifically about a geographical area in Israel, the Sea of Galilee or Lake Kinneseret. I've been there. My wife and I have been there. We've, we've, we've been around the area. We've been on a boat across the lake. It, it takes more than just a little while to get across the lake, and that was in a powered boat. But they didn't have that. They had boats that sailed. So he's, he's, after he's taught here, he turns to his disciples and he said, let's cross over to the other side. And look at the words, let's cross over to the other side. That's the promise. Amen? And if you've read this, you know the rest of the story, and we'll get into it in a minute, but we've got to linger there because we have to understand that this is His promise. Let's cross over to the other side. He didn't say, let's attempt this. Let's let's put a good effort into getting to the other side. That's not what He said. His intention is that they would get to the other side. Amen? That's His promise. And in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20, Paul says this under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, Every promise of God in Christ Jesus is yes and amen to the glory of God through us. God is not the kind of God that would give you a promise and then take it away. Because when He gives this promise, it comes with provision. Amen? to get you to the other side. And you may be in a storm right now. We're going to be reading about a storm here in, in a few minutes. But the promise from God and the provision from God is that you would get to the other side. Because God does not fail. His Word does not return void. Amen? How many of you know that? But accomplishes the purposes for which it is sent. Amen? God didn't call you here to attempt to build a church. Jesus said, you go based on the conviction that I've called you, and I'll build my church, and what? The gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's His promise. That's His provision. 
He's in the midst of this right now. He's not far off. He's right here. He's the present God. Amen? So he says, look, let's go to the other side. Verse 36, Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in a boat. Now this wasn't a rowboat. It was probably a boat about 25 feet long, maybe a little bigger. But it wasn't a rowboat. It probably had sails. Amen? And they took him along in the boat as he was, and the other little boats also were with him. So all these people that were listening to him teach, they're scrambling to get boats to follow Jesus. Isn't that good? They want to hear more of what he has to say. And this community wants to hear more of Jesus. Scripture says that he is the desire of the nations. The desire of the nations. It's just people are confused about what is this internal desire that they have. And there is an enemy. How many of you know that? His name is Satan, if you haven't heard. And what he will do is try to pollute people's life to fill this desire that they have in their heart with other things and other people and other methods and other ways. But we have the answer. Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the desire of the nations and our world is waiting to hear what we have to say. Amen? So all these people are scrambling to follow them and they're getting in their little boats and they're launching out. But look at verse 37. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Here's the storm. And here's where I want to turn back if I could hit the reset button or the, or the rewind button and go back to sometimes we haven't presented the heart of the Father very well. But listen to this. Jesus said He could only do what the Father was doing only say what the Father was saying. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen? Can I tell you that Jesus is perfect theology? If you want to know who the Father is, you look at Jesus. Because He said, I and the Father are one. Let that connect with your heart right now. It's not that the Father is off distant and He's looking how to send a storm into somebody's life. This storm was against the word that Jesus spoke and the direction that He and the disciples were going. This, in the Greek, it's a mighty storm. It is demonic in its origin. It is from the enemy. And we know that John 10 says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you may have life, and life more abundantly. Amen? So the storm arises. And here's the thing. If we're not connected with that promise, then things are going to arise in our life as well. That the external storms that we're going through will become internal storms to detach us from the promise. Jesus said, let's go to what? The other side. Now let's not go out in the middle of the lake and hit a storm and, 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 and be destroyed and, and have to go back. He says, no, we're going to the other side. Amen? If you're a believer here and you know Jesus Christ personally, all the way from the back row to the front row and side to side, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen? Your eternal destiny is secure. Amen? Now you're on assignment. And the Lord has said, you're going to make it. That's reason to celebrate. Amen? That's reason when we worship, to get loud. And I encourage you, get loud. Don't tone it down for anybody. 
Amen? I tell people, uh, young men that, that we're discipling and, and raising up for the ministry, I tell them, you have got to be so confident and so bold in the Lord that you go out to the park and preach to the trees and take up an offering. Because if you can get that kind of boldness, nobody will ever steal what God has placed in your life. And that's the boldness that God has called us to. Because can I tell you this? You're about to launch out. You've already launched out. You're touching young people's lives. Let me tell you something. The devil is forcing things at them. And we think that through timidity that we can come in there with this message of grace. Is anyone more radical than Jesus Christ? Is any, any organization more radical than His church? But He says the gates of hell will not prevail? Is any more, anyone more radical than the believer that is convicted about who Jesus is in their life? Amen? So a storm arises. How many of you are with me? Amen? The waves are beating against the boat. Get the picture. It's filling. Verse 38, But He, Jesus, was in the stern asleep on a pillow. You got the picture of Jesus. He's in the stern asleep on the pillow. And they awoke Him and said to Him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Because they didn't listen. They didn't take to heart His promise, which came with provision, Let's cross to the other side. That external storm has become their internal storm. And they have lost their confidence and they've lost their peace. They said, Lord, don't you care that we are perishing? And inevitably, when I'm counseling somebody or my wife is counseling somebody, and you may have run into this too, people, because of the external storms and have taken on internal things into their life, that it becomes an internal storm for them. Somehow, the enemy has injected into their life that God does not care. Are you with me? And that's exactly what happened here. They're losing their hope. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Verse 39, Then he arose and rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. Listen, church, if we don't cling to the promises of God. And in the midst of all the storms and battles that we will face, come on, can we, can we be honest? Come on, how, how many of you in here have been through a storm? How many of you are in a storm? And those of you that didn't raise your hand, I guess, <laughs> you will. <laughs> Eventually you will. And he says, peace be still. If you don't have peace in it, you have no authority over it. And Jesus had peace in it because He was asleep in the stern. Was He oblivious? Was the Father oblivious to what was going on? Did Jesus in His foreknowledge know that they were going to encounter a storm? Absolutely, yes. And that wasn't the important part. The important part was, let's cross to the other side. Amen? Yes, there's going to be storms. Yes, there's going to be trials. 
Yes, there are going to be tribulations. But you don't have to let them into your heart. You don't have to let them into your life. Cling to the promise. Let hope arise. Amen? Let your faith arise when a storm is, is beating against your life or, or you find yourself sailing through a difficult time. You and your wife or your spouse and your family. Just be confident that God has already spoken onto your life or into your life. We will make it to the other side. You'll get through it. Let me share some verses with you right out of the Word of God. Hope. Listen to this. Any area of our life that is not under hope is subject to the influence of a lie. Did you hear that? Any area of our life that is not under hope, connected with the promise of God that you will get to the other side, is subject to the influence of a lie. You may be battling with a health issue right now. God has a promise and a provision for you that is true. Amen? So let hope arise in your life right now. Let hope arise in your life. Don't give up. Let hope abound in your life. Because you will be victorious and you will get to the other side. Amen? Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 says, This hope we have as an anchor for our soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence of God beyond the veil. Your hope is anchored in Jesus Christ. Your hope, I'm going to say it again, is anchored in Jesus Christ. And faith is what we pull on. And with our hope anchored in Jesus Christ, we can pull on our faith. Amen? We don't have to be subject to the storms. We don't have to be subject to the trials and the tribulations. How many of you know that there's a difference between truth and fact? There's a lot of facts that come into our life. You may have gone to the doctor and the doctor has given you a report. It's a fact, right? It might not be the news that you were hoping to receive. And God doesn't want you to act like, well, that doesn't exist. But what He wants you to do, based upon that information, He wants you to go to the truth of His Word. It's the truth that will make us free. Amen? We're all here in this part of West Tucson. That's a fact, right? But we're not all here for the same reason right now. That's the truth. God wants you to connect with His truth. The truth of His Word. The promise and provision that you will get to the other side. Amen? And He wants you to let that rise up in your life as a conviction. That this hope that He has given you is anchored in Him. In Psalm 138, verse 2, it says this, that you have, you have exalted Your Word above all Your name, O Lord. God has attached His name and His reputation to His Word. Amen? And He cannot give up on Himself. Amen? He cannot deny Himself. Are you with me this morning? Listen to this out of Hebrews 11.1, 1, and I've already quoted it earlier. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You know, substance is something that you can grab. And your faith, listen, your faith is attached to the anchor of hope in Jesus Christ. And you can pull on that. You can pull on that through prayer and fasting and worship 
You can pull on it through the, the promise of His Word. No matter what the fact is, the truth is that God is going to get you to the other side. Amen? In Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says, Now hope does not disappoint us. Hope does not disappoint us. Because the love of God has been poured out in our heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that God loves you? If you know that God loves you, then you have hope in your life. And that hope will not disappoint you. Because it's evidence that God has poured out His love into your life. Not measured it out. Poured it out. Any of you ever seen the Niagara Falls? Whether on a video or picture or anything like that. It's, it's, it's amazing. I stood there one time years ago. And I was sitting there and I was just in awe of its might and power. And there as I was standing there, and the mist was coming up, and it was almost like raining even though it wasn't falling from clouds in the sky. And as I stood there, God spoke to my heart and said, this pales in comparison to my love that I am pouring out on you right now. That's hard to get our, our mind around. It's something that we should pursue all of our life. That that will never run out. Look, Niagara Falls will run out someday. But God's love will not. He pours it out, He pours it out, He pours it out. And because of that, we can say that hope does not disappoint us. Romans chapter 15, 13. Now may the God of hope... Amen. How many of you know He's a God of hope? Fill you with all joy and peace in believing. How many of you are still believing? Not that you believed. Believing. That you may abound by hope by the Holy Spirit that's given to us. That's what it says, Romans 15, 13. If you ever get to a place of where you think, you know, my hope is diminishing, this storm looks too big, just let the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. You know what the best testimony is? When everybody around you is screaming and, and possibly what was happening in the boat, you know, Peter was screaming and he was blaming somebody else. And, and if you know the story of the disciples, uh, Thomas was probably getting out the life raft that he brought because he's a doubter anyway, right? He didn't think they were going to make it. I mean, all these things are going on and James and John, the sons of thunder, are arguing about who should be in control and who's not. But listen, the greatest thing to do when people are running amok around us is to begin to celebrate and worship the living God. Joy and peace in believing. Joy and peace in believing. Look at what Jesus said after He rebukes the storm. He, he says, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. You know, even the wind and the waves and the storms know His name because He is the Creator King. Amen? And now He speaks in and through us. There is power in the name of Jesus. And the wind and the waves and the circumstances, even the things that the enemy could try to conjure up to come against us or other people that you love and, and are precious to you, you can speak the name of Jesus. And with the same authority that Jesus spoke, you can say, peace be still. Listen, if you don't know this, I encourage you to go and read Matthew 28, 19 and following. This is where it's called the Great Commission. Our authority comes from the commission. Jesus said, 
All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, we're going to do that later, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded. Your authority does not come from the state. Your authority does not come from any schooling. It comes from the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Jesus delegated that authority to His church. So let me ask you this, who did He leave in charge? (laughs) Somebody's on the back row doing this. What are you doing with the authority? There's no higher authority. The devil does not have higher authority. He's a defeated foe already. Amen? The wind ceased and there was a great calm. Verse 40. But He said to them, listen to this, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And let me tell you something. This is not a rebuke. I don't believe in in enforcing tone where tone is, is not there. This is an invitation. This is the Lord saying, why did you fear? I was right here. My presence was with you. Didn't I say we'd go to the other side? Come on. Not one of you will be lost. In John, Jesus says that He holds every one of us in the palm of His hand. And He says, not one will be lost. Because He said, the Father that is greater than all has given them to Me. And He says, I will not lose one. That's good news. If you came in here this morning and you think, you know, I've, I've disappointed God. No, you, you cannot disappoint God. You can disappoint yourself but you can't disappoint Him. So would you get off the guilt trip horse? Would you just dismount right now? And know that He's in love with you. He has a great plan for your life. And you will get to the other side. Amen? And they feared exceedingly, and they said to one another, Who can this be? Verse 41, That even the wind and the sea obey Him. All things obey Him. It's whether we're speaking with His authority or some diminished authority that we think we have. No, it's His authority. Amen? I want to just share with you a brief testimony and then we're going to close and we're going to pray for some people here this morning. When we left our house this morning on the east side of Tucson and we made our way over here, it's almost about a 45-50 minute drive. We left with Jesus. There was not a moment in our mind that we did not know that He was with us. And we came with the expectation knowing that as He was with us and traveling with us, that He was here with you. Amen? In Deuteronomy 31.8, the Lord says this, and He's the only one that can do it. He says, I go before you. I am with you. He says, I prepare the way. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Therefore, do not be discouraged and do not be dismayed. That's the one that's in our life. He stepped into your future. Do you hear what he's saying? You will get to the other side. You will get to the other side. Now, if I had time this morning, I'd read to you chapter 5 of Mark. And I encourage you to read it. 
Because it sets in context the whole purpose of going to the other side and why the enemy sent a storm. But I'll just give you a brief, if I will, Cliff Notes version. There was a man that had a legion of demons in his life. And it was so powerful, the demonic power that had taken over this man that he couldn't live anywhere except in the tombs. How many of you know the story? And it says no one could chain him, no one could hold him. And in another place, in another, another gospel, it says he would cut himself and he would cry out. He would cry out. And here in, in chapter 5 it says, immediately when they made it to the other side and Jesus stepped out, this man came. And to fast forward through it, if you look at verse 20, after he is delivered and set free by Jesus Christ, it says that he is then given his assignment. And his assignment was this. He wanted to follow Jesus, and Jesus said, no, go and share your testimony with your family and others. This is the power. This is the promise. And it says and he went and spoke and preached Jesus in the Decapolis, that literally is ten cities. The power of Christ in one man brought revival to ten cities. What will He do through you? What will He do through Marana Church? Exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. That's what Paul said in Ephesians 3.20. That's the power of Christ in us. The hope of glory. Amen? In our church in New Mexico, before we came to, to Arizona, Whenever we faced a difficulty, a trial, a tribulation, a storm, it doesn't matter if it was an individual or us collectively as a group, a lot of times we would come together on a Wednesday night and we would just worship. We would open our Bibles and begin to make declarations. It's a good thing to make declarations. A lot of times we'd be led by the Holy Spirit to the book of Psalms and we would just begin to repeat what God has already promised to us. And what that does is it helps align the compass of our heart with God's heart. Amen? We had no agenda other than to just come in and focus on the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let me ask you this, and I'm going to give you the answer after I ask it, but when Jesus told the disciples in Mark chapter 4, He said, let's cross to the other side. That was the promise. And every promise of God, as I've already said, comes with provision. What was the provision that got in the boat with them? Jesus. He will never run out of resources. He will never run out of healing. He will never run out of deliverance. Amen? That's His promise and provision for you and me and for everyone you love. Amen? He is our promise. He is our provision. Are you ready? Are you ready to go forward? Are you ready to go to the other side? Because listen, the rest of this year is going to be miraculous. Amen? You're going to encounter some storms. You might be in a storm right now. But you know, with Jesus in my heart, in my life, I can give this testimony. I'm going to get to the other side. I know it. I don't know what kind of testimony you came in about Jesus, but I know my life is a miracle because of what He's done and what He'll continue to do 
in my life. Amen? I'm so excited to be here this morning and, and to share with you. And I encourage you, get off the agenda track. The church always has to be this way and that way. Just let the Holy Spirit take over. It doesn't mean that you don't prepare songs and you practice, and it doesn't mean that you prepare messages, and it doesn't mean that you don't have a plan, but you're on God's plan. For God says, I know the plans that I have for you. He wants to drop them into our heart and our spirit. So that again, we walk victoriously. Would you stand to your feet as we close this morning? Maybe we could have some music. I, um, I'm often reminded when I speak about hope is there's, a, there's an old hymn, maybe you've heard it, and it goes like this, my hope is built on nothing less. I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Oh, isn't God good? And then it says this, the chorus is, On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand.